Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Nicholas Mancini, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Mary Parish in Louisville, and he's the spiritual director for us here at Living Bread Radio. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. Good to be back. It's good to see you again. We're going to continue our discussion on what we believe as Catholics, and today we're going to talk about a real sensitive subject, suffering, dying, and sin. So question 66 in the UCAT asks, was it part of God's plan for men to suffer and die? God does not want man to suffer and die. God's original idea for a man was paradise life forever, and peace between God and man, and their environment between man and woman. Often we sense how life ought to be, how we ought to be, but in fact we do not live in peace with ourselves, act out of fear and uncontrolled emotions, and have lost the original harmony that man had with the world, and ultimately with God. In sacred scripture, the experience of this alienation is expressed in the story of the fall because sin crept in. Adam and Eve had to leave paradise in which they were in harmony with each other and with God. The toil of work, suffering, mortality, and the temptation of sin are signs of this loss of paradise. You know, I've, I've often thought if Adam and Eve hadn't ascended, we wouldn't have original sin. Mm-hmm. But then if I would have come along after Adam and Eve, I know that I would have sinned. <laughs> I would have been the one to blame instead of Adam and Eve. But I think, you know, when God gives us a free will, you know, they chose to listen to the, the serpent, unfortunately. And, and that's why we have original sin when we're born. But uh, I think if it wouldn't have been Adam and Eve... Whoever would have followed after Adam and Eve, eventually one of us would have sinned. Would you agree with that, Father? Probably, yes, you're right. So what, what, what do we mean when we, uh, what do we mean by sin when we use okay. the word sin? At the core of sin is a rejection of God and the refusal to accept his love. This is manifested in a disregard for his commandments. Sin is more than an incorrect behavior. It is not just a psychological weakness. In the deepest sense, every rejection or destruction of something good is the rejection of good in itself, the rejection of God. In its most profound and terrible dimension, sin is separation from God and thus separation from the source of life. Only through Jesus do we understand the dimension of sin. Jesus suffered God's rejection in his own flesh. He took upon himself the deadly power of sin so that it would not strike us. 
the term that we use for this is redemption. And I just want to point out here that, you know, we said here that sin is a turning away of God's commandments. And I think sometimes we forget this. Um, especially when it comes to the Sabbath day. You know, you said in a previous show, when you were growing up, you know, how your family would get together and the family went to Mass. You all went to Mass because you knew it was the Lord's Day. You stopped everything else. That came first. And you went to Mass. And I think we have to get back to this because a lot of people think, oh, it's Sunday morning. I don't have to go to church. Or it's a holy day. Well, we don't really have to go. And I just want to point out here, the Second Vatican Council did not do away with any of that. We still must keep God's commandments, keep holy the Sabbath day. All ten commandments, the first three pertain to God. I am the Lord thy God, you do not have strange gods before me. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Keep holy the Sabbath day. Commandments four to ten, relationship between our parents, those in authority, showing respect for others, the dignity of marriage, respecting property, and, and so forth. All of these things. And when we break one of those commandments, we fall into that trap of mortal sin. So the commandments are as relevant today as they've ever been. Yes, definitely. You know, I've, I've been told more than once when I ask people, including my own children and family, unfortunately, why don't you go to church? And their answer to me is they don't get anything out of it. And you know, I've thought about that for a long time, and I finally come up with a couple of good questions in response to that. Mm -hmm. When they say they don't get anything out of it, my question is, what are you putting into it? And what do you think the Mass is? And uh, we just had a great uh, speaker at our men's conference about a month ago, and he pointed out that when we go to Mass, it's all about encountering the living God. And if we haven't had a true encounter with the living God, we aren't going to get anything out of Mass. But if we understand, as I mentioned in an earlier show, if we understand that God is all about love and that God loves me, God's with me, and God has a plan for my life. So he loves me individually and he loves us all. And to understand that premise makes it easier to understand why we should be going to church. Because if we really appreciate who God is and the fact that he created us and that everything that we have is a gift from God, the least we can do is spend an hour a week on the day he designated as the Lord's Day and give him thanks and praise, if nothing else. But I love going to Mass, not just to thank God and to praise God. I love to pray for my family, my friends, my coworkers. I like to pray for an end to abortion. I like to pray for Christian unity. I like to pray for all of our priests and religious. So it's an opportunity to communicate with God. And yes, I talk to him. But also, I try and listen to what God has to say to me. What can I do to please God? What can I do to go out into the world and share the love of Christ? So I think when you think differently, you ask yourself better questions. Now you're going to say, why aren't I going to Mass? 
I'm missing out on so much by not going to Mass. So again, I think a lot of, a lot of it, at least for me, uh, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, it was about following rules. But the reality is those rules were put in place for my benefit. And the fact of the matter is, by going to Mass, we experience the love of God and a share in His life. And if we don't go to Mass, we're missing out on that. That's so true. And that's why, you know, this is so important to keep God's commandments. When we break those commandments, we fall into the trap of sin. And then God's mercy is extended to us through the grace of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, where those sins are forgiven. That's why I like to remind people that it's never too late to go to confession, to turn from ourselves and turn from our sins, to turn to God, to be truly sorry for our sins, and to make a good confession. Now we can go to Mass and truly participate, not only hearing the preached Word of God, but most especially to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist under the appearance of bread and wine. Yes. It's the greatest gift that He gave us, and... Uh, we calculated there's about a half a million masses daily that are offered up. So any second of every minute of mm-hmm. every day, there's a mass. And, and again, it's the representing of the, the once and for all sacrifice of Christ. And we can join ourselves with that once and for all sacrifice to our Heavenly Father. And again, we're the ones that benefit from that. It's not God that benefits. God doesn't get greater from us doing that. We benefit and we grow, and now we experience union with God. We experience the love of God and a share in his life. That's so true. That is so true. So can you explain the fall of Adam and Eve and what is original sin? Sin, in the strict sense, implies guilt for which one is personally responsible. Therefore, the term original sin refers not to a personal sin, but rather to the disastrous fallen state of mankind into which the individual is born, even before he himself sins by a free decision. So original sin is that first sin of Adam and Eve that we are born with because they turned from God and thus we inherit original sin. And that's why we baptize infants, isn't it? Yes, so that that sin is taken away, washed away, and then that child then starts in the new life with Christ in the living waters of baptism. And our parents stand in for us and make that commitment to be raised in the Catholic faith, very much like uh, the second chapter of Mark's Gospel, where the friends of the paralytic bring the paralytic to Jesus, and they can't reach him because the crowd is so vast in the house. So they climb up on the roof, Mm -hmm. they remove the tiles, they place the paralytic in front of Jesus, and the Scripture says when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, child, your sins are forgiven. Correct. So it was the faith of the friends that allowed the paralytic to not only have his sins forgiven, Mm -hmm. but ultimately to be healed of his paralysis. Our parents are the same way. They step in for us at baptism and take those vows in our place so that not only can we receive 
the removal of original sin, but we can receive that sanctifying grace so that our souls are conditioned to receive the other graces of the sacrament and to share in a life with God. Right, and that's why it's so important. Parents and godparents share this responsibility. But parents must understand it is their duty as parents to see that the children are raised in the faith. It's the Christian dignity that they are responsible for bringing that child up in the faith. Not just for bringing him to church for baptism and then, oh, when it comes time when he's getting ready around six, seven years old to take him and sign him up for a catechism class or if he's in Catholic school, you know, he's preparing now for First Communion and all of this. It means you come to church every Sunday to know, love, and serve your God. It's not just to come for sacraments, but it is to know, love, and serve God. And again, in doing that, we experience the love of the living God. Yes, yes. Well said, Father. We've been listening to Father Nicholas Mancini as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. Just a reminder that all our past Faith with Father shows are archived at livingbreadradio.com. And if you need to find a certain subject of a show, right on the home page in the upper right-hand side is a search box. Just type in the subject that you're looking for, and all of the shows will be listed right there on the page. It's an easy way to find any subject that we've covered here on Faith with Father. And until next time, this is Tim Perry, your host, reminding you that God loves you more than you can even imagine. Have a daily prayer life so you can have that love actually touch your life. Until next time, God bless you. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.